0: We're going to start our service this morning. We're going to sing "He keeps me singing." So if you guys would like to rise, the words will be on your screen. Let's start with the song this morning. One, two, three. There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low. That I am with thee, peace be still In all of life's ebb and flow Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Sweetest name I know Fills my every longing Keeps me sinking as I go All my life was wrecked by sin and strife Discord filled my heart with pain Jesus swept across the broken strings Stirred the slumping chords again Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Sweetest name I know Fills my every longing Keeps me singing as I go riches of His grace, resting neath the sheltering wing, always looking on His smiling face, that is why I shout and sing, Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know. Sweetest name I know fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go.
1: Good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you who are here. If you're wondering about the blue lights and things of that, uh, that you see around, that's not normally here. If you did not know, you you may notice Bob's not in the sound box this morning. He got married yesterday. He and Kelly uh, had their wedding. Amen. Which was a a beautiful thing to see, too, that I feel as though when I did their premarital counseling and yesterday as well, truly understand that marriage isn't based on emotions. It's based on a commitment. And I believe that they fully understood that commitment to the point. They came to me with this idea, which I think is wonderful. If you notice behind this, this stage back there, are the two chairs and a, and a vase? They asked if they could, in, to show uh, their humility and their mutual submission one to another, exercise the biblical exercise of foot washing while they said their pledges to one another. So as they said their pledges to one another, uh, Bob washed Kelly's feet and then Kelly washed Bob's feet to show their commitment and humility one to the other. It was a a, a beautiful ceremony that I would like and wish that I could get every married couple possibly to to go through to humble themselves, to remind them of what they're moving into. But it was a great service yesterday. So that's why all this attire, uh, we're, we're not having a, I told somebody last night that, that maybe I could work in the sermon and tell everybody, if you're all in a blue mood, and then turn the lights on real quick and say, the bright light is Jesus. That's not what it is. It's from the wedding. No, it's green, brother. However, when the lights are out and just the blue's on, it, all, all your clothes last night still looked blue, <laughs> turquoise. It kind of neat. All right, well, guys, it's good seeing everybody today. I praise the Lord for each one of you. We've had, a, we've had a great Sunday school class. been a lot of things going on this morning, but God's been in the midst, and he's working, and I know he's going to continue to do so in the service now. So let's bow our heads together, and let's go to Him in prayer and say, Father God, I come before you this morning just asking in the name of Jesus that you will continue to bless the, the service here at your house today. And may we lift your name in all that we say and do. God, may you be glorified by what transpires here this day. Be with the words, be with the songs, be with the hugs, the handshakes, whatever it is. Be with all of us so that each one of us can leave out of this place knowing that we have stood in your presence and that we are doing what you've called us to do. May we make the choices and decisions the way you would have us to, Father. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. Hallelujah. Walk around a second, shake somebody's hand, give them a hug, just let them know it's good to see them in God's house today. Did you find him?
0: Build your house on the rock, build your house on the rock, build your house on the rock. On the rock. Need to stand there's no power, only sir, that can stand against God's word. Build your house on the rock and it will stand. Spoke of a foolish man built his house upon the sand when the storms of life pass through his town. That old house came crashing down, but he also spoke of a wise man who built his house on a solid tree, deeply anchored in the rocky burn when the rain came his house to firm. Built your house. On the rock, build your house On the rock, build your house On the rock, it will stand There's no power on this earth That can't stand against God's word Build your house On the rock, it will stand Take your breath, if you only choose to hear, you ain't never gonna go nowhere. That's for me, me and mine, we're gonna walk that narrow line. There be no deceiving, we'll be receiving God's best. only on this earth that can stand against God's word. Build your house on the rock, and it will stand. Join us in the last verse. Build your house on the rock. Build your house on the rock. Build your house on the rock, and it will stay. And it will stand. There's no power on this earth. That can't stand against God's word Build your house on the rock and it will stand
1: If you need to take them to the nursery, honey, that the nursery's open too, Elizabeth. Oh, that, oh, that, I thought that was yours. It wasn't Elizabeth. Sorry. That's in the back back there. Okay. Uh, sorry, like I said, everything's been topsy-turvy this morning. Everything's running around in circles, it seems. But isn't it great to be in God's house? Amen. God is good. Hallelujah. And as we just sang, build your house on the solid rock, Therefore, whether the timing gets off, Satan tries to interject this, that, or the other, doesn't matter. Nothing can stand against God's word. If God be for you, as I put on the back of your bulletin this morning, then who dare be against you? No one can be against you if God's on your side. Amen? Uh, Just a couple of announcements. I know last Sunday I said that I would have a box for candy put out here for Fall Festival, and uh, this week, this was a really strange week, and I forgot. Uh, This morning, though, Peggy came to me with a little cardboard box, uh, which isn't filled either. So I want to encourage you guys, Fall Fest is coming quickly, I want to encourage you to remember to grab the candies to work for our Fall Festival, and hopefully I will remember, last week I said I would, now I'm going to say hopefully I'll remember to get that box down here in front for the Fall Festival candy, canned box, whatever we're going to do. But Fall Festival is coming. And if you can't afford to bring any candy or something of that nature, the greatest thing that you can do is just pray. Pray for those who will be here. Pray for those who will be working. Pray for those who will be visiting. This is one of the biggest outreaches this church has, and it's great to see the interaction. I know the family that joined last week, they came to the last three fall festivals before they ever started coming to this church, and now they're, they've joined the church. We do reach out. We do touch people, and we can let them know that though the world may call it Halloween, Halloween, uh, San, 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 Sam Haines Day, whatever they want to call it, we're going to call it God's Day because God created them all. And we'll convert it back to what God intended it to be. Amen? Amen. So that's there's other items that are needed in your in your bulletin. You can look at those, see if you would like to, to uh, give to any of those things also. We talked about Bob, I think. I, I feel as though there's an announcement that's eluding me. However... That's all I can think of at the present time. So, Mr. Bryan, since Bob's not here today, he's going to bring the scripture reading for us.
2: <clears throat> Back row Baptist. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Father God, I just come before you and just lift up my brother to you again. Uh, and, and Chris is right. He is losing all this weight, Lord, and I thank you for making you healthier. But more than that, I'm thanking you that he is choosing to use his spiritual body to glorify your word. May we hear you through him as he speaks your word to us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God.
2: <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, Brother Frank came up right before the service and asked me if I'd do this, and, and I wasn't really ready, but, you know, I think I, I think I think this will be good. Uh, I want to talk about uh, looking like we're drunk a little bit because around here, maybe <laughs> you never know. Uh, no, I, what I'm going to read is out of Acts two, and we're we're in Acts two in Sunday school. This is just a little bit ahead of a little bit ahead of where we are uh, in our Sunday school class. but um, uh, gifts had been given to the people when the Holy Spirit came upon them. And uh, they started speaking in other people's languages, in different languages. And um, people just didn't really realize what was going on. But I, I don't think it was so much the different languages as much as what they were proclaiming. And they were making statements about the promises of God and what God was doing in their lives. And they were professing God. And people thought they were drunk. Because they couldn't explain what they were saying. So they said, you must be drunk or crazy. The Bible says drunk. And uh, Peter stood up then here in verse 14, chapter 2 of Acts. Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice. So I guess he was speaking over the rest of them and proclaimed to them, Men of Judah and all you residents of Jerusalem, let me explain this to you and pay attention to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only nine in the morning. On the contrary, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. And it will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all humanity. If you didn't realize we're in the last days, technically, uh, I think we're in the last part of the last days. But the last days had started here, okay, after Jesus ascended, it's the last days. Um, I will pour out my Spirit on all of humanity. We have it now, okay? Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Uh, and your old men will dream dreams. Well, you know, when you're doing that, when you're prophesying, when you're seeing visions, okay, we see visions, God will give us dreams. He'll talk to us in dreams. Sometimes if you tell somebody about this, you're dr- they think you're drunk. And it's okay. Okay. God does awesome things that we can't explain. And uh, be careful that we don't judge somebody else that's speaking. Now, it's, we have to also be careful to be sure that uh, what spirit we're listening to. Because there's lots of spirits out there. The Holy Spirit will jive with His Word when we're professing something that was said or done. If it's of the Holy Spirit, it will be with His Word. But it's okay for people to think that we're either foolish or stupid or drunk. God is good, you know. And we can't explain it. All we can do is have peace from it and bask in the glory. Yep. Yep. With the new wine. That's right. That's what we're talking about here is the new wine. Praise God. The blue lights really do look cool. They they make Colby's hair really look blue is you know your hair looks blue today oh i made her mad (laughs) oh okay 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 why so blue (laughs) yeah okay thank you let's go to the lord in prayer father god thank you for the fellowship that we can have thank you for giving us this family god um i praise you for it god and and we do love one another lord Thank you for giving us that love. Thank you for pouring out this Holy Spirit, God. And help us to use it to your glory, God. Always to your glory, Father. Thank you for the joy that we have. Thank you for filling us with this spirit, God. And uh, use it in us. Use us in your service. Uh, Bless everything said, done, and sung here today, Lord. And I pray that everything will glorify you. Forgive us when we do fall short. I pray these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen.
0: All right. Let's return to singing this morning. We're going to sing I Stand Amazed in the Presence. And wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. his love for me. He took my sins and my sorrows, he made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary, and suffered and died alone. In glory, His face I at last shall see. It will Let's cause oh, So gently sustain it and hast thou. send thee and ponder anew what the Almighty can do if with his love he befriend thee praise to the Lord let all that is in me adore Praises before him, let the amen sound from his people again, gladly for I, we adore him.
1: ask you to be with us in Jesus' name, amen, amen, give God the glory. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. While you're turning there, let me take a moment to kind of describe what could possibly be a day that you've had or maybe even one that you're having. Let's Let's say that you, you have this day. You get up one morning, it's, it's early. You get up plenty early. You make sure to get up early to give yourself plenty of time because when you get to work today, you're going to make this big presentation. You have some type of, of thing. You just want everything in order and all your ducks in a row. You want this presentation to go real well. Well, you go, you get in the shower, and for whatever reason, the water is inexplicably cold. You deal with it. You try to fix it. You can't get it. You know what? We're just going to take a cold shower. We do so. Then we come out of the bathroom. We do all our things. We go to get dressed and that favorite skirt or that pair of pants or whatever it was that you were going to put on for your presentation that day. You knew exactly where it was. However, now it's not there. And you start fumbling around trying to find clothes, dig around. You, you, you don't know where it is. It was in that certain place, but you don't know where it is now. So you've had a cold shower. You took forever trying to get dressed. You get out of your room. And all of a sudden here are the kids and, and the kids are up and they're asking a thousand questions and they're wanting you to do a million different things for breakfast and all this is going on and, and you just, you're starting to panic. Everything's starting to build up just a little bit because you had a perfectly planned morning and it's becoming chaotic. But you stop and you stop and you think just a little bit, I got up early, I know I still have time, I'm good, and you bake the kids breakfast, you do what you need to do. Everything's good. You go, you get in your car, and the car won't start. And you sit there and you're thinking, what am I going to do now? Well, fortunately, your spouse is off today. So you go and you, you get in your spouse's car and it starts and you head on to work and you start thinking, well, you know, I'll just, I'll just worry about the other car later. You know, I, I, I got everything going on. Well, you're halfway to work when you realize you left your report in the car that didn't start. And your day is just really starting to get rather tumultuous. And, and you realize I, I may not be late for work by the time I go back and get it and turn around because i got an early start, but you can forget about the calm, peaceful demeanor that you had planned on having when you made your presentation. You, you, you can forget about everything going the way you wanted it to go right then. I don't know if you've had that day, but I bet that story sounds familiar in one way or another. You could probably take the framework of that story put in your details, and that's happened to us in one fashion or another, and we get all upset, and we get worried about these things, or, uh, or somebody causes this or causes that, and we start pointing fingers, and we start blaming other people, and we start blaming the cold water, or we start blaming the kids, and, and we point fingers to all these different places. I call them war stories. I think we all have war stories. If you didn't notice by how late we started today, my morning today has just been trying to catch up. And I got an early start this morning. Got a nice bike ride in, coming to church. It's okay, though. Because I understand and I realize that, yes, that that I do kind of put a little uh, leeway into Murphy's Laws. If you never heard Murphy's Law, what can go wrong will go wrong. I've learned to live with that in all my years. But even better than that, I learned spiritually where the, the real kicker is. I know that no matter what's transpiring in my life, I know what that battle really is. Because you see, I think that we, especially as Christians, we should know, but I think we get confused. We forget where the real battle is. We have a tendency, for whatever the reason may be, to separate our spiritual life from our regular life. And folks, when we start trying to separate our church life from our non-church life, we've made a mistake. For we are supposed to be one thing. We are supposed to be the children of God, regardless of whether or not we're in church on Sunday morning or in church on a Thursday evening, we are to be children of God every day, all day. Therefore, if I'm, in, if I'm a child of God all day, every day, that means whatever the situation and circumstances I find myself in, I am still to walk that spiritual walk. There is no difference, or should be no difference, between my spiritual life and my physical life. But that's how it tends to work oftentimes. We get this ideology that I can separate the two, and when we start thinking that way, when we start thinking that we can separate spiritual things only happening at church and out in the world that, that, that I must be in the worldly things, we have a problem. We forget that we have an enemy. When we're in church, we're real good about pointing out the enemy. We're real good about understanding about demons and, and minions and, and the devil and, and God and his holy angels and, and saints. We can, we can put all that in order on Sunday because we're thinking with our spiritual mind. But what about Monday through Friday when we're thinking about our presentation, when we're thinking about the cars broke down, when we're thinking about these different things, why do we then forget about who the real enemy is? Why do we forget that we're still in a spiritual battle all around us? In Revelation chapter 12, 12, I hope you have it this morning, starting in verse 7, Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels also fought, but he could not prevail. And there was no place for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was thrown out. The ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the one who deceives the whole world, was thrown to the earth and his angels with him. Now think about the repercussions of that passage of scripture right there. John is describing to you and I the vision of of a war that took place in the heavens. This, this, This battle when Satan rebelled against God. You say, well, that's a prophesiacal thing. No, this is important to, for you and I. This isn't going to happen. This has happened already. This has already transpired. This is not a prophesiacal saying of John. This has already been done. And what I'd like us to see here this morning, before we go any deeper, is that that war that, that happened in the earth spilled over, I mean, happened in the heavens, spilled over onto the earth. It says a third of the angels, Satan or, or or the devil, whichever you choose to call him, and a third of the angels were cast down to the earth. That battle came down here. You see, folks, there is a larger war going on, and you and I are caught up right in the middle of it. There is still a battle that transpires in the spiritual realm around us every day. Paul warns us of this and tells us that this spiritual battle is taking place, and we're going to go there in just a few moments if you want to turn to Ephesians 6. But that battle rages all around us every day. Most of our lives, I think we live most of our lives as if there is no real villain. We live most of our lives, sure we'll acknowledge the devil, but we'll blame our neighbor for things that's going on, or we'll blame our kids, or we'll blame the government for all our ails. We'll blame at these places and then hold grudges against these people, or have vengeance, take vengeance out on these people, or we'll... We'll we'll blame our kids and, and, and react overly upon them for what they've done or this or that. Because we don't stop and realize that we're in the midst of a spiritual battle. And the spiritual battle has a villain, but that villain isn't my neighbor or my boss or my government or my kids. The villain is Satan and his minions that may be manipulating those people around me. And rather than fighting with them on a physical realm, I need to realize I'm in the midst of a spiritual battle. I'm not going to get on to you. I'm going to rebuke Satan who is moving things around you. I'm going to turn and go to the root of the issue, that the battle that is raging around me isn't about this, that, or the other. It's about the battle that started long before I existed. That battle where Satan is upset and angry and trying to put his finger in the eye of God. And through the Holy Spirit that empowers and indwells me, I can look to that battle and say, Thus thus saith the Lord. We hardly ever acknowledge the real culprit, I think. When people come to me, and that's great. Please don't think that I'm telling you not to come to me to ask for counsel or ask for wisdom. If I have any, I'll impart it at the best I can. There will be those who tell you I have none. But I'll do the best I can. But in reality, the thing I'm going to ask you to first remember is that it might not be that person. Where does, you, haven't, you don't know what that person's been through today, yesterday, the last week, the last year of their life. Let's stop and go to the Lord with it, and let's attack the spiritual side of this situation before we ever start trying to deal with any physical stuff. There's a larger war going on, folks, and and we are right here, and we need to stop and and, and acknowledge the fact that that war has an enemy, that that war has a villain. There is evil in the world. Now, I'm not trying to sound like Hollywood. I'm not trying to, to sell a movie or something like that. There is. There is true evil in the world, and we may say that we believe in evil, and we may say we believe in the devil, However, when we continue to try to attack things on a physical realm, we're trying to separate the spiritual from our worldly life. And as a Christian, that shouldn't be. I don't think we really live like we believe that there is a devil, that there is his minions, that there is evil, that there is a villain. I don't think we truly live on a day-to-day basis acknowledging the fact that we stand in a spiritual battle. You know, I watch the History Channel at times, and this was brought up, I think it was Danny brought it up in Sunday school this morning. The, the ludicrous ideas that can come. I don't even know why it's on a history channel, but they talk about ancient aliens and aliens that have come to the earth and, and they ask these questions. They'll, they'll, they'll ask questions like, Are we alone in the universe? Or, or have we had visitors from another world? Sometimes I wish I could go on and answer those questions and just tell them, Yeah, the, no, we're not alone in the universe. Yes, we've had people that, I mean, we've had visitors from another world. Now, people would look at me saying, so you're saying you buy into this stuff? They would look at me like I was crazy. But I would say we are not alone in the universe, and we have had and still do have visitors, and they are called the angels of that spiritual realm. There are both good, And they are bad. There are those who are thrown down and walk amongst us every day, and there are those of God that walk amongst us every day. There is a spiritual battle that is raging around each and every one of us, guys. Whether we acknowledge it, admit to it or not, doesn't change the fact that it exists, and some of those entities want and try to seek great harm for you and I. They want to destroy us. They want to squash our faith. They want to crush our hearts. They want to do whatever they can do to take our eyes off a holy God. And if we can put it into anger and, and resentment and grudges and focus on one another rather than on the enemy, they've accomplished their task. If they can get us to focus on the here and now and the circumstances that are surrounding me rather than the physical realm and who's really fighting the battles for my soul and other people's soul, then they have accomplished their task. And that's why as Christians, we should stop and pray, God, let me see clearly what stands before me. It came up Sunday evening church last week. Um, uh, I think it was Carla who mentioned how Elijah could see, Elisha could see the vast army on the mountainside, but his servant was scared to death. And he was standing there and was, I, I, I don't know how you think we're going to win. And Elisha Elijah looked up and said, God, give vision to my servant so that he can see. And when the servant opened his eyes, he saw the chariots of fire all over the mountain waiting for the enemy to come. See, there is a spiritual battle that rages continually all around us. Praise God, though there are some who are out there that are bent on harming us, praise God that there are those who are just as bent, if not more so, on protecting us on watching over us, on keeping us and, and saving us and, and putting a hedge of protection about us. The Bible speaks of these entities all the time, and they're called angels. And these angels of the Lord, these angels of, of, the, of Satan as well, they are at this battle. And Revelation right here talks about this war. It says that, that there was a, a third of the angels that were led by Satan thrown down onto the earth, put, put, placed out here, cast out of heaven and thrown onto the earth. Now, they're not omnipotent, they're not omniscient, they're not gods, but they can wreak a lot of havoc. So the story does have a villain, and that villain has a lot of minions, and with all those minions and his leadership, they can cause a lot of trouble in our lives. Think about it, a third of all the angels, I don't really have a numerical value I can place there. In my mind, I'm thinking millions upon millions, but the bottom line I can say is that the battle that rages all around us is about you. It's about me. Why was there war in heaven? Have you ever asked that question? Why was there war in heaven between the devil and the angels, or between the, 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 the devil's minions and those who are faithful to God? Why was there actually a war? Now, I will say that the Bible never really explicitly, directly answers that question, but it gives us enough hints that we can kind of fill in the gaps. Number one, Satan was a very prideful individual. He thought that he would supplant God and place himself on the throne of God. The devil said that, you know, I am all beautiful. I am all powerful. I am almighty. I, I, I think I can do this. I can supplant God off the throne. Number two, Satan was filled with jealousy. Here, here, here's God coming and And here's it. First of all, think of Satan. He said, I am the most beautiful creation in the world. I should be worshipped. And then, Satan, then Jesus, then God makes a special creation. And that special creation was you and I. God, God makes this special creation. And he plants him on the earth and, and, and sets him right there. And the Bible tells us in Ezekiel that Satan was the most beautiful of all God's creations. But he wasn't the one being worshipped. God was going down and having spending time in the garden with Adam and Eve. Think about before the fall. It says that they walked daily. God came down and interacted. It was, this, this was beauty. This was, this was a relationship that Satan did not have. In fact, Satan was Ezekiel says he was all beautiful until iniquity was found in his heart. Until, when, until Eve sinned, this relationship that God had with Adam and Eve was incredible. This was his special creation made in his likeness. Satan did not like that. He didn't enjoy the same kind of relationship with God that the, these people had. And he's thinking, who is this Adam? Who is this Eve? Why are they made in his image? I am more beautiful. I am all beautiful. Look what the angels say about me. Why is God spending so much time with them? And he rebels. He's tired of it. I'm going to supplant God off the throne. So he rebels, and by by leading Adam and, and Eve astray, the battle starts. A third of the angels are defeated, and they're thrown down. And to this day, Satan is out to destroy you and I. He lost that battle. Now, in his warped sense of ideas, he still thinks he can win. And he's going to do everything he can to take down God's special creation, which is you and I. Peter says he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Folks, the S- Satan and the devil and his minions, I'm not trying to scare anybody, but he is real, and he has still got a vendetta, and he still does not hold nicely to the idea that God not only designed us, created us, made us special, unique in his image, and he walks with us and chose to die on a cross for us, he not only despises those things, he's going to do everything he can to keep you and I from, from acknowledging and taking that in. And if he can make us angry with one another, if he can make us fight with one another, if he can make us focus on vengeance and grudges and, and, and disparities with one another, if he can make us focus on a physical human level, um, to, to sin rather than to look up and say, thus saith the Lord, then he's won. And we've allowed it to happen. If, we, if he can manipulate the things around us to the point that we take our eyes off God and put it on the ways of the world, then he has won. You may say, but if he hadn't done this, or if she hadn't done that, or if the government hadn't done this, or if they hadn't done this, you can say all you want. When Satan has ma- manipulated the situation around you through his minions or whatever it may be, to the point that you took your eyes off the spiritual battle and you put it on the worldly battle, He's won. You see, folks, you and I, we live in two worlds. We live in this physical realm as long as we have this physical body, our 60, 80, 100 years that we're here on this earth. But we also have a spiritual world, a spiritual body. And if you truly accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as we've studied in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, then the Holy Spirit has empowered you to be able to make a stand in that spiritual world that regardless of what transpires around me, I can stand with my head held high and say, thus saith the Lord. I can stand with my head held high and say, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I can stand and know that whatever's going on did not catch my God off guard. I can stand and be proud of who I am as a Christian, regardless of, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes every day. But I know my God is perfect, and because He is perfect and has washed me with His blood, Satan, you have no hold to ruin my day. This is a day the Lord hath made. I shall rejoice in it, even if I'm running late. This is a day the Lord hath made, even if my car doesn't start. This is a day the Lord hath made, even if my children throw a fit and do something at school or at home. This is a day the Lord hath made if I lose a loved one. This is a day the Lord hath made. Regardless of what transpires in this physical world, this is a day that the spiritual battle still rages, but my God says, I am victorious. I am more than a conqueror because I have Christ Jesus who strengthens me. You see, folks, when we realize our day-to-day life is more than get up, go to work, and come home. Our day-to-day life is another day in a spiritual battle that is raging between the principalities of good and evil. When we recognize that we are an integral part of that war, actually, when we realize we are the focus of that war, maybe we'll be living just a little bit more spiritually and quit blaming each other for the things that Satan and his minions have orchestrated around us. Because Make no mistake, the war is for your and my soul. If Satan can keep you from accepting the gift of Christ, if he can keep you from from acknowledging and using the gifts of the Holy Spirit, like Brian shared just a few moments ago, if he can keep you from being an implement in God's army, then he's won. You may not be fighting the spiritual sword and fighting with Michael and Gabriel right now in this physical body, But I would submit to you that possibly you are when you intercede. For when the word proceeds out of your mouth, it's like a two-edged sword and shall not return in vain. And when I stop and look at a situation and speak God into the middle of it, I might not see what's going to happen. I might not see any reckoning. I might not see any change in the physical circumstances. But you know what I like to do? And you may say I'm a little loony here. But when I speak the word of God into a a harsh or angry situation, in my mind's eye, I see the battle split in the spiritual realm. I see the angels empowered, the good angels, and I see the evil and say, oh, he had to break out the word of God. Because when the word of God goes forth, the enemy cannot stand. But it takes more than just the pastor doing that. It takes more than just sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so Every one of us needs to realize there is a war going on for our soul. And God has given us the tools, the weapons, the armor to stand and fight. There is an enemy out there who is seeking as as powerfully as he can to destroy you and I. But God is out there to redeem you and I just as well. And God is far more powerful than he that is of this world. We just need to acknowledge that. We need to acknowledge that there is an enemy who hates us and a God who loves us. Hallelujah the Bible says that Satan is a liar he is the, he is the prince of liars he is the father of all lies and as a result I'm afraid he has convinced us that that he's not the enemy that, that he's just a Hollywood caricature he's just some movie that comes out I had somebody tell me just a couple weeks ago they were going to go see Annabelle and not the, the, the movie Annabelle and they, they said uh, aren't you don't you want to go see it absolutely not now, I'm not dogging anybody who wants to go see those kind of movies. I personally, I don't like movies to me that can be real. I like scary movies that are fake. Like, um, I don't know, some, something that's fake. <laughs> I like Scooby-Doo, actually, but that's not what I was meaning. I'm just saying when we start watching these movies about the spiritual realms and such, that's too close to reality to me. And I don't want to play with it. That's just my personal conviction. I'm not laying that out on anyone else. But to me, that's how I see real world, on a daily basis. Now, I'm not trying to say that I'm I'm gifted in a special way of seeing demons riding on people's shoulders, but I do see that there are battles raging in the spiritual realm around each and every one of us, including myself, including my children. I can see that there is a battle raging over the soul, and if I don't speak to the spiritual side of it, then I'm just trying to put lipstick on a pig by playing with the outside of it. I'm not going to pretty it up any better until I address the root and the spiritual part, and that is the devil himself trying to take down God's creation. He's, tried, he's fooled people into thinking not only, not only does he not exist, but even if he does exist, you know, he got a bad shake in life. Folks, the devil exists. He hates you, he hates me, and he's out to destroy both of us. He will do everything within his power, manipulatively, to ruin your day and ruin your life. And there are days that we give into it. And there are days that we will step out and do something silly or dumb because we chose not to look at the spiritual battle and, and, and went off on a worldly tangent, rip apart a poor waitress or whatever she dropped in your lap or, or your kids because they just aren't, you, you, they're 10 years old and you're expecting them to act like they're 18. Whatever it is. We need to stop and say, God, what do you say? The Bible makes clear that the battle is about you and I. And that battle never begins in the physical realm. That battle is being raged on a daily basis all around us. If you look in Ephesians chapter 6, in Ephesians 6.12, look what Paul says. In 6.12, for our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil and in the heavens. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. We are so quick to call so-and-so our enemy, when in reality we need to stop and acknowledge the fact that the battle is beyond them. Does that person even know Christ? First of all, let's pray for their spirituality. Let's pray they come to know Christ. And once they come to know Christ, if the Holy Spirit moves in them, man, the whole ideology may change when all Christians come together and acknowledge that. We need to remember when we are tempted to, 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 to yell at our boss, to yell at our coworker, to yell at our, our neighbor, that person who's giving you a hard time, whatever it may be, we need to stop and realize they are not the enemy. Satan is. They are not the enemy. His minions are. His, his constructs are. His manipulations are the enemy. Now the good news is the battle says, is, is winnable. The Bible says the battle is winnable. We have victory. If you read on 6.13, this is why. Stop right there just a second. This is why. He tells us there is a battle raging in the in in spiritual realm all around us. So there's a battle between the principalities of good and evil, of those who are leading the adverse, of those demons that have been thrown out onto the earth. This battle is raging all around you. And this is why you must take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. We can take a stand and fight in that spiritual battle, even though we're on this physical realm, if we will stop and acknowledge it exists. Therefore, when, when, when someone comes to you and they're angry and they're doing these things, you can stop. You may not say it out loud, but in your mind you can say, this isn't brother and so-and-so right now, I don't think. I think there's a spiritual battle that is raging. And I say in the name of Jesus Christ, get thee behind me, Satan. Let me see in the name of Jesus Christ what really is going on here to this day. And rather than getting angry and just punching somebody back, you can maybe step back and say, thus saith the Lord. And the battle was nipped right at the root. Because it wasn't between you and he. It was between the, the spiritual entities that were fighting around. If we put on the full armor of God on a daily basis, folks, that war that's waging all around us, that encompasses every aspect of our being, that war that's raging all around us where Satan is trying to grab us and pull us down, if we can grab the reality that we have one foot in one world and, and the other foot in the other world, we will realize that winning that battle is attainable. And I realize that I am more than a conqueror through Jesus who strengthens me is more than just a cute set phrase, is more than just a cute saying. It is a promise of the Scriptures. I am more, not because of who I am, because the Holy Spirit Now, think about that. I've been talking about a spiritual realm. Well, what do you know? The head victor of that spiritual realm resides in me. And therefore, I can fight a spiritual battle. I may not be able to see with my eyes, but with the word of God is my sword and the shield of faith out in front of me. My feet are prepared with the gospel. I wear a belt of truth and a helmet of salvation. I can still fight in that spiritual realm but I have to acknowledge it. You want to win that battle, folks? Then you need to realize that your enemy is real, and it's not the person sitting across from you. Marriages that are getting broken, marriages that are falling apart, most of the times you can sit and pinpoint where Satan manipulated whatever it was that caused it. And if one or the other would just stop and acknowledge that get thee behind me in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm not saying to say that to your wife. Say that to the spiritual realm that's fighting around your spouse. If you will look into that and say, wow, I see how you're trying to manipulate me. Satan, I see what you're trying to do to egg me into a, 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 something I don't want to do. And I choose victory. I choose life. Now, this morning, I, what I would say to you is we need to get ready for battle. I believe, kind of like Brian kind of said it in passing just a moment ago, but it's true. Not only do we live in the last days, because once the Holy Spirit came, we, that, that is the beginning of the last days. I believe that we are in the last of the last days. Now, any time, any entity, anything that you see, when any football game, whatever you want to place here as a, as a visible illustration, when a team is losing in those last few seconds, they pull out all the punches, don't they? They'll do everything they can to win. And I would believe that Satan is going to do the exact same thing, and therefore you and I need to be capable and ready to acknowledge it, just like any good defensive coordinator would do, put on the armor of God and turn it into the offensive. Take the battle to him and say, Thus saith the Lord. Now, you can't do that. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you have to declare victory through the blood of Jesus Christ. If you've never been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, then you are on the losing team. Whether you wanted to or not doesn't change the fact that you're actually in a way sublimely, you did want to because we all have that 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 tendency to sin. There's not one of us that's good. The Bible says. But if you do not choose Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're on the losing team. But God said, if you will put your faith in me and trust in me and believe in me, believe that I am the Son of God, resurrected from the dead, ascended to the right hand of God the Father, I am your mediator. I am the one who will fill in the gap. I am the litigator when the enemy points his finger. If you will believe that today, he said, you will never perish but have everlasting life. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're on the losing team. and you can accept him freely. Every one of us. say, you don't have to get your life right first. Again, this came out in Sunday school this morning. When, when the Holy Spirit moves in, there should be fruit. It may not be in tongues. It may not be in healing. It may not be in one of the other spiritual gifts. The gift that, that you may see that know that the Holy Spirit moved in you is your life has changed. You repent from the old way of life, and you choose to live anew. And when you share your testimony, and people say, well, what happened to you? I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. You just exercise the greatest power you've been given and as your testimony of who He is. But you have to accept Him first. Now, if you do know Him this morning, and you realize you've been walking in that worldly way, you, you didn't acknowledge the spiritual realm, you didn't realize that there was a battle raging for your soul, you thought once you got saved, you're good, everything's great, Satan's leaving you alone at that point. That's not the way it rolls. He is doing everything he can to leave you stranded out in the middle of the, the theater. He's doing everything he can to wound you bad enough that you won't crawl back. He's doing everything he can to hurt you in such a fashion through those you love or situations that you'll look down rather than up. And I'm telling you this morning that no matter how bad it gets, you may say, Pastor, you don't know what bad is. I bet you I really do. I've been in places I wouldn't wish anyone to go. And I still say that no matter how bad it gets, my God's still bigger. And if you will look up, my God's hands are always extended. And if you know Jesus, that Holy Spirit within you bears witness with the Spirit of God because they are one. And they will lock those hands and bring you back to where you need to be. We're studying the church of Smyrna tonight, and you know what God said to the church of Smyrna? He said, you are suffering so many persecutions for my namesake. I see that. I understand that. I acknowledge that. But I promise you who suffer in my namesake will be given a crown of life when you get to heaven. You may not be able to understand everything that's going on in your life. None of us can understand the spiritual realms because we are physical people, finite-minded. If we will just trust God, put our faith in Him. One day, all mysteries shall be revealed unto us, and a crown of thorns, a crown of righteousness, a crown of life, might be placed upon our head, because of the crown of thorns that was placed on His. His sacrificial blood that was shed for you and I. The battle is real. Whether you choose to acknowledge it or not, is your your deal. What what say you this morning? As I'll stand together, I want to lead us in a word of prayer. And I pray that you will be thinking today. Have I acknowledged it? Do Do I go out and fight on a worldly level, or am I going out fighting on a spiritual level? Am I just fighting on Sunday? Or am I fighting seven days a week? Am I fighting God? Is God telling me to go and do, and I'm closing him off? Where are you at this morning? Father God, I lift this message up to you and ask you, Lord, to to give each one of us the understanding of it that you would have us to get, Lord. Primarily, as Paul said, that I ask, Lord, or no, I ask your will to be done. But may we recognize that there is a battle that rages all around us. And we need to acknowledge it and realize we're in the middle of it and understand we need to be fighting back through the word of God. Help us to see these things, Lord. Help us to see where you are and where you are. Are leading, and God, if there's someone here today that Satan has just fooled, that Satan has twisted their mind into thinking either either not real, or doesn't care about them, may you show them clearly, inexplicably, who their enemy really is. Before it's too late, and God, again, if there's someone here that has never accepted you as Lord and Savior, may they do so today. It is such a wonderful feeling, God, that you've given me to be able to go out in the beginning of a day and just say, Thus saith the Lord, this is a day that God hath made, and I can and I will rejoice in it. May all be able to say it and mean it and feel it. It's my prayer, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. As we sing this morning, if God's telling you to sing, sing. If God's telling you to, to reach out, reach out. If he said come to this altar, come to this altar. Pardon me, my throat's getting very parched. But whatever God's calling you to do, follow him. And if you're saying, well, Frank, you're just loony. You've watched too much Hollywood. Then Paul was loony also. Because Paul said, put on that armor every day. Because the battle rages around you. He didn't say there's a nice little R&R lull for the 2,000 years till Christ returns. He said the battle rages around you. It's your decision, your choice as to how you choose to fight that battle. Lay down and be walked on by the evil one? Or stand up and draw the sword of the Spirit and go forth proclaiming the word of God. It's your choice, your decision. I myself, I choose, like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we choose to serve the Lord. And yes, I'll carry as many with me as I can as I lead that bat battle. No, Christ leads as I follow my leader into battle. But it's your choice what you do with your life. As we sing, guys. <clears throat> Church, i got to leave them alone. Nope. It's not about where you've been. It's about what you're doing and what's within. Do you choose to let Christ shine or not? That's what's going to decide the battle. It's good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you. I invite you back to season at 6 o'clock. We'll be in, the, we're in Revelations chapter 2, verse 8, I think it is, or the letter to Smyrna. I uh, encourage you to come be a part of, the, of our study, a small group that gathers together. Uh, if you can't, that's wonderful as well. Lift us up in prayer. Have a great week. Remember Thursday night, we have our Thursday night service and dinner. But most of all, guys, understand and acknowledge on a daily basis there's a war that's raging. But God said, I have come so that you may not have I have come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. It is a scary place, but have no fear, for if God be for you, then who can be against you, as Paul said in the book of Romans? He loves you. He loves you. Amen. Amen. It's good seeing everybody this morning. Praise the Lord for each one of you, and just keep looking up everywhere you go. Brother David. Would you close us in prayer this morning, brother?
0: I thank you for, uh,
2: for the day to come here and hear your word. Lord, uh, that principality is of, of, of this world is all around us. So I pray that we all pray to you, look to you, and ask you to guide us and protect us. Keep us away from that evil. That evil comes in thoughts thoughts comes in people. And it comes in lots of fears. So I do lift up this church body and these people here. Those people that work here today to hear that message. I pray for each and every one of us as we go about our day that we'll lift to you. And we'll, we'll remember the evil that's out there. And just pull and pull closer to you as that snarls around us. And we look to our friends and our neighbors that know you also to encourage us, and we can encourage
0: them. In Christ's name. Hallelujah. Amen, Amen, guys. Praise the Lord.